Amen, amen, and amen, and amen. All right, welcome to our midweek service. Uh, for those watching online, those that are in the house, um, uh, we've been teaching on kingdom priorities. And, you know, you know please lock in, take some notes uh, as you normally do, but for maybe those watching for the first time, uh, got some very interesting information and insight in regards to because uh, we've talked, we've been talking about having kingdom priorities, but you know it's kind of hard to make the kingdom a priority if you really don't have a full understanding of the kingdom and how to operate in the kingdom, just like with anything else. You know, you you know, when I was a, a younger basketball player, I really didn't have a full understanding of the entire game of basketball. You know, then I got to a place where you know I I, I learned how to play but I still didn't understand some things. So then I started playing regulation late because I didn't play in high school. And so I didn't understand the, the, the culture of a system. You know, by the time I got to play and I figured I'm good enough to play and I'm playing in college now, I figure you good, you play, you know, but you still got to understand the system. So anytime they took me out of the game, I'm thinking something wrong. Not understanding the way the system is, you know, you got rotations, you got, you know, you got, you know, people you're trying to get breathers and stuff like that. But I, I'd pout. <laughs> you took me out of the game, I'm pouting because I didn't understand the system. Uh, first time I played in the a, a, a summer pro-amp league, I didn't understand the system. You know, the guy had me sitting on the bench for the whole half, and I'm like, you know, I was just balling the last game. But system, I'm a new to their system. Um, uh, all the other guys have been a part of their system for a long time. Uh, and they actually was professionals. I wasn't even a professional. <laughs> you know, they were actually pros. So, um, but then once I understood the system, I was able to navigate, no matter where you put me. If I joined someone new, I was okay with sitting there until it was my time, and then I maximized my moments. Uh, same thing with the kingdom. The kingdom has a system. If you don't understand the system, a lot of times we look at the, the we try to look at the kingdom things with a worldly mindset. So we're trying to get results from the kingdom with a worldly mindset, and it doesn't work. Or we, you know, somebody was, uh, mentioned it this morning. I think it might have been my wife uh, was mentioning how, you know, over the years, who made God, you know. Uh, but, again, that's a worldly mindset. Who said God had to be made? You know, we're created. That doesn't mean he had to be, right? Now, but see, that's kind of hard to, what do you mean? How does that, see, it's hard to wrap our mind around stuff like that because, again, we have to understand the kingdom. Now, uh, we've been talking about the kingdom, so, and for, for our conversation today, you know, remember the children of Israel, we've been walking through Genesis, and, you know, we're about to get into uh, Exodus here in a little bit, uh, and we're going to talk about the promised land, but the kingdom is the promised land for us, right? The kingdom is the promised land, right? The kingdom is the promised land. Now, let's look at Luke 17, and let's just look at some kingdom scriptures. Uh, it's, it's amazing how the kingdom is identified or communicated all through the Bible, and sometimes we can kind of blow off that there's, there's, a, there's a theme, but there's more of an intention than it is a theme, right? As we read through the Word, like there's an intention. Like, it's not, um, it's uh, setting us up and it's preparing us for some things. Um, and it connects to everything that we read through in Genesis. 
So what God's original intention was with creating Adam and Eve never stopped. He just had to, we want to say, Ray, uh, come up with a contingency to get what he intended done, right? So let's look here at uh, Luke 17, verse 20 and 21. And for the sake of time, I'm going to read it out of the classic Amplified version, okay? All right. And asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come. Now, even the Pharisees knew enough that there's a kingdom or we'll get into it in a minute. There's a rule. There's a kingdom of God. So, so they're like, hey, man, you here. You're supposed to be the man or the Messiah. When, is the, when will the kingdom of God come? He replied to them by saying, the kingdom of God does not come with signs to be observed or with visible display. See, a lot of times we try to conjure up things, right? Right? It says, nor will people say, look, here it is, or see, it is there. He says, for behold, the kingdom of God is within you, in your hearts, and among you, and surrounding you. So they're looking for something that's already there. They're looking for something that it's already there, and it's, and it's already within them, but they can't see it yet, Right? So we have to connect on the inside with, to get what we want to manifest on the outside. So we have to connect first on the inside to get what we want to manifest on the, ins- on the outside. Because if, if God can, can give you something, you can have something. Remember uh, when they were going um, to Exodus and he, it, for the promised land, right? And as they're going to the promised land, he tell them you have a land of what? Milk and honey and all these different things. Sent, they sent out spies, right? They come back, and 10 of them was like, oh, no, 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 there's giants in the land, right? And they made this statement. They said, man, we were like grasshoppers in their sight. Well, how do you know how you are in their sight? Did you interview them? No, you're looking through the lenses of how you see yourself, and you're projecting that on how they possibly see you. But they could have saw you as kingdom kids, as giants. But again, two, uh, Joshua and Caleb was like, oh, no, we're well able to take the land because God told us it's ours, right? So, so they saw something else on the inside first. So just like right now when he's talking about supernatural restoration, some people will see it and just will gravitate to it. But some people will talk themselves out of it based on what? based on how they see themselves or how, or based on their own experience and what they've gone through, right? Does that make sense so far? So, so we have to connect with it on the inside first. You got that, right? Did you get that? All right, because it's within us, right? All right, okay, good. All right, so, so now what do we know has been placed or breathed inside of us? Because it's on the inside of us, Ray, you know, and everything is in this book. We should be able to go in the book and find out what's in us, right? We should. It shouldn't just be, I'm just going to eventually feel like it, right? We should be able to connect to some things, right, since we have the word, right? Right? Now, so we know in Genesis 2, 7, something happened. It said God breathed in them right? The breath of life, and he became a living soul. So God breathed what? 
He said, let us make man in his image and in our image and after our likeness. He breathed all of what was in him, the creative ability. Man, we talked about this, and I forgot what the message was. We got so many messages around here. But when we talked about how that, 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 that creative sound, that ability to, to speak things, and that sound has so much power on it, it changes things. It moves things, right? You know, we're catching up to that now with our voice activation and things like that. Things are moved by sound now, right? But God spoke things into existence, and he said, let us make man our image after our likeness. Then he breathed into uh, the, the clay that he made, and, it's, and the scripture says, and, and, and man became what? A living soul, right? Or that interpretation of a living soul is a speaking spirit. Be able to speak sound and things change and move. You know, that's why the Bible says in Proverbs 6, 2, we're snared by the words of our mouth. So we know we have this creative ability and this power of, of sound to create in us, right? We know that's in us, right? Because the kingdom of God was in us, right? We know that's in us. Now, we also know something else. Romans 12, 3, we know that God has dealt to every man what? A measure of faith. So we know that's in us too, right? So we could do, we just following the bread, breadcrumbs, right? Now, Romans 5, 5 says that love is shed abroad in our hearts, right? Because he said the kingdom of God is in our hearts. So we also know we have love. Now, we also know God is love. Now, you know, God doesn't love, he doesn't love as an action. He is love. He breathes love, right? He believes passion and worship, right? So we know there's love inside of us. Right, so there's something else we, we, we should realize. We have wholeness paid for by Jesus and applied by the Holy Spirit through regeneration in us. We have wholeness in us, right? Paid for by Jesus and applied by the Holy Spirit through regeneration. All right, let's go to Titus 3, right? Because we're trying to, this kingdom of God was in us. And, you know, here at our church, we search the scriptures to see if it's so, and we try to uh, precept upon precept, we want to, you know, get some clarity of what's going on inside. What is this kingdom of God that we're supposed to operate in and with, right? So Titus uh, 3, uh, we know this from our new birth teaching on our foundation class, but I figure I'd give it to us here. Uh, Titus 3, verse 5, um, and, and I'm actually going to read it out of the Amplified. It says, he saved us not because of any works of righteousness that we had done, right, but because of his own pity and mercy by the cleansing bath of the new birth. That new birth is regeneration and renewing. Now, this is how he saved us. He saved us, right, with his own pity and mercy, by the cleansing or the bath of the new birth, regeneration, and renewing of the Holy Spirit. It says, which he poured out so richly upon us through Jesus Christ our Savior. And he did it in order that we might be justified by his grace, by his favor, holy, undeserved, that we might be acknowledged and counted and conformed to the divine will and purpose, thought, and action. And that we might become heirs. Uh-oh, there you go. 
heirs of eternal life according to our hope. So now we understand that there's some things in us, and we know that there's faith in us. We know that there's love in there, right? We also know that God breathed his image, his likeness in us, right? But then we, also, we know because of what Adam and Eve did, there was a separation of the original intent for us to for heaven and earth to be together, because in the beginning, God created heaven and earth, Genesis 1.1. Genesis 2.1, and God was finished with the heavens and the earth and all the host of them, his kingdom, right? Then we know after sin, there was a, a separation, right? And But the, we also understand that the, the wages or the payment for sin is what? Death, right? So, so that payment has to be made for us not to have the penalty of being separated from what we're supposed to have, our inheritance and, and the kingdom, right? So he sent his son to regenerate us, right? So, so he sent the Holy Spirit in us to regenerate us because we're dead through sins, right? To quicken us, make us alive, right? That's what, that, that's what the Holy Spirit indwells in us to do that, right? And so now he pays the price, and once the price is paid, now we're, it's almost like a, a spiritual defibrillator. We're quickened or awakened back to the life that God intended from the first place, hopefully, Unless we go back to the begotry elements where we desire again to be in bondage, like it says in Galatians 4, uh, 8, 9, right? We don't, we don't want to do that, right? Like, so, so, so we don't see that we've been born again. We don't see that we've regenerated, we've come alive. We still see ourselves bound. We'll rush back to that bound state and we'll live a bound, limitless life, right? Does that make sense so far? All right, so, so, okay, so we got this, this, we know we have this wholeness inside us now. Now, wholeness is salvation. Now, you know, the word salvation is Greek word sozo, means wholeness, and that's everything. It's not just deliverance from hell. You know, it's, it's healing. Same word for salvation, same, it's the same word for healing. They're both wholeness, right? The same, just like you have faith for salvation, you have faith for healing. healing. That's a whole nother teaching. But, all right, so we have this Holy Spirit in us dwelling in us, right? So, so do we have uh, our, go our governor, our ambassador dwelling on the inside of us, nudging and guiding us to manifest God's heavenly kingdom on earth? See, because the Holy Spirit's coming, he's making us alive, but he ain't just leaving you, Gerard. So he's indwelling in you. But the goal is to eventually infill you and the outpouring happen in his life. But he's just not touch you, you woke, I'm going about my business. No, 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 no. He's, he's hanging out as a governor or an ambassador, right? And now, now an ambassador is interesting. An ambassador, you know, when they, when, when, uh, you know, when they colonize the Bahamas or whatever, the ambassador, he officially represents someone or another kingdom or something. Their job is uh, diplomacy, of course. They often leave their home, the ambassador leaves their home in their country to build friendships with other countries. Holy Spirit leaves where he's at and lives with us, <laughs> right? This means uh, they leave the comfort of their home and familiar things to get to know new people, places, and cultures, which is what he does within us, right? Right? Uh, because, you know, we, I wake up every day and I say, good morning, Holy Spirit. You know, I start the day with a relationship with the Holy Spirit. An ambassador's job is to find things that they have in common in, 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 in ways countries can work together for good. So Holy Spirit is, is letting us know what we have in common with God and how we can work together to fulfill God's will, right? 
right? The job of the Holy Spirit is to show us the world as Jesus sees it. When you have the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost working in you, or the Holy Spirit working within you, uh, to brighten your light, you can be an ambassador for Jesus Christ as well. You can go into the world and seek light, right? And to share light, right? Right? So you can assist other people in experiencing the same regeneration that you experience. So the Holy Spirit is our ambassador, right? So he's the highest ranking official on, the, uh, on earth from the heaven realm, right? So Jesus is what? Sitting on the right hand of the Father, right? The Holy Spirit is the central figure in this earth realm, right? But he's here to show us some things, right? To show us how to, what's in us, to show us how to operate as heirs in the kingdom. Let's go here to John chapter 16. Again, because the, the kingdom of God is within and there's so much in the scriptures and stuff that we've been navigating through because uh, we've been talking about kingdom priorities, but it's kind of hard to make the kingdom priority if you don't really understand the kingdom, if you don't value it. You know, I mean, you, you, you know, all the, uh, you know, we grew up on the prince and the pulper. The prince and the pulper story is the prince is a prince, but he almost like doesn't realize the value of being a prince. So he wants to be a pulper. So he trades place with the person that's poor so he can live their life and then give, let them take his place and live like a king. You know what I'm saying? Because he's kind of taken for granted. And you see all the stories, you know, a uh, person's a king, but they want to live like the other people, you know, because they don't really have a full understanding that they're supposed to help the other people, not one person at a time, but they're supposed to change some things, right? But they're under tutors and governors to the point in time of the father. See, so we get so frustrated under the tutors and governors because we don't understand we're being trained to have that to have rule that's insurmountable, to have uh, uh, resources that's unimaginable, but not, but you got to be trained not to focus on resources. You got to be trained to focus on purpose, the purpose of, of why you're here, and then now the resources are in their proper place. They get used to uh, affect the kingdom. I, I saw a, uh, a caption uh, today. And it was, uh, it was a picture of Jesus walking away with uh, the, a basket with loaves and bread. And it was a bunch of people behind. And the caption said, um, I would have fed them all, but I had to spend $14 million on two commercials for the Super Bowl. <laughs> did, you, did you get the point? $14 million on two commercials for maybe five minutes if they showed them five times. How many people could you have fed? And will the commercials even facilitate? Will you get the $14 million back in sales? Right? You see what I'm saying? Like, but, but see, see, nobody thinks about stuff like that. You say you do. <laughs> Me too. I do. I, I watch how people throw money away. That could be used for the kingdom. Anyway, all right. So we good? Yeah. Right. <laughs> so when you get your fourteen million, don't waste it on commercials. <laughs> the interesting thing when we started the church, they teach you to advertise. So we had some resources where we could have advertised. We took the resources and we took people out to eat every week. 
See, that had more of an impact than commercials and billboards. You see? All right, all right, so good. Let's go here, John 16, and see if we can get, can get, a, get a full understanding of what God's doing here, kingdom priorities here. All right, so, so, so this Holy Spirit is, is, is our ambassador. He's trying to show us how to live this kingdom life. And verse 7, okay, well, I'm going to read this out of the Amplified, but I'm going to mix in verse 7 and verse 13. Right? It says, however, I'm telling you nothing but the truth when I say it is profitable, good, expedient, and advantageous for you that I go away. That's Jesus saying you talk to the side. He says, because if I do not go away, the comforter or the ambassador, we can say, the counselor, helper, advocate, intercessor, strengthener, standby, will not come to you in close fellowship with you. But if I go away, I will send them to you to be in close fellowship with you. It says, but when he, the spirit of truth, the truth giving spirit comes, truth, truth giving spirit, final reality, what we're purposed to do. It says, uh, truth giving spirit comes. He will guide you into all truth. Look, the whole and full truth. Nothing but the truth. <laughs> right? It says, for he will not speak his own message on his own authority, but he will tell whatever he hears from the Father. He will give the message that has been given to him. He will announce and declare to you the things that are to come that will happen in the future. Right? So, so now he's communicating. God, now, God started something way back in Genesis. And, and, and God doesn't uh, repent of what he planned. And so no matter what the mistake is made, he just comes up with contingencies and reroutes or wisdom. There's wisdom from there, right? And so he says the Holy Spirit after he gets things back in harmony from how he intended it, remember, everything was together, then it was sin, it was separated, sent Jesus uh, to bring things back together and the Holy Spirit to guide us back into how we're supposed to be operating. You know, just like, like uh, I think about the Lion King. So uh, Simba was the next king, but he was out playing around the jungle. He was separate from what? His kingdom, Right? So Rafiki comes in the jungle and he says, he says, man, you don't know who you are. You're more than you become. I'm paraphrasing. But he, but, but he knocked him on the head like, what are you doing? And he knocked him on the head to wake him up to say, do you understand? You're supposed to be ruling the kingdom, not out here playing around with bugs. But that's what's happening. To, that's what the Holy Spirit is trying to do with us. That conviction is our knock on the head says, why are you out here playing around? You know, with bugs or, or hanging out in clubs and stuff like that, you're supposed to be, a, you're a king, you're a queen. You're supposed to be ruling. Here, let me show you things to come, right? Does that make sense? So, in fact, in G, Jesus implored us to pray this very same manifestation that the Holy Spirit is trying to guide us into. He told us to pray for it to be on earth what? As it is in heaven, Right? To make that connection, back, that's Matthew 6.10. To make that connection again. As a matter of fact, the entire creation is groaning for it. My wife was talking about this on the way in. She was talking about how the world, whether they're saved or unsaved, is groaning for revival. Right? You know, some people don't know it's revival. They just know 
hey, they, they just know they need some supernatural restoration. <laughs> right? Right? You know, they're, 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 they, 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 they know something missing. They don't know what it is. And after a while, people get tired of actually what they signed on for. You know, because sometimes you sign on. I think my wife was talking about this too. And maybe it was a session or maybe we was talking about something where sometimes people sign on for things. And maybe it was this morning. But people sign on for things, but they don't know. Oh, we were talking about uh, who? Yeah, uh, uh, Sarah and, and, and Hagar. And them. Like they made a decision, but then after the decision, it was like, I don't think I really want to do this. Right? Like this wasn't a move. You know, she's looking at me sideways, right? Right? So, so I think my wife was saying how, you know, a lot of times people make decisions. Uh, my wife or somebody on the call made decisions and, you know, buyer's remorse, basically, you know. And so a lot of times we're making decisions, we have buyer's remorse, and this world has been making decisions because, ah, most, so we come into this world dark and blind. And, and, and so, so it's a natural default, right? So, was, so the Holy Spirit comes in, it regenerates us, uh, creates a thirst for the word, because the interest of the word brings us light, gives understanding to the simple. We start to see again, right? Around here, we always talk about fighting to see, right? And so because if you don't fight to see, your, your blindness is your default like gravity. So if you, if you don't work to, to fly, you're subject to gravity. If you don't fight to see, you're subject to be blind. You don't have to try to be blind. You, will, you are blind. Because you're, you've been uh, born into this dark world. Does that make sense? And so, 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 so God is constantly using the Holy Spirit and using uh, 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 men and women of God to awaken us. And so, because the creation is groaning and travailing because they were designed for something. And they're thirsty. The adversary runs in front of them and offers them a bribe before they get to what's really going to quench their thirst. So they go, oh, okay, I'll try that. Okay, I'll try that. You know, that's pretty much what, what, what Sarah did. Okay, I'll try that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, maybe this will work. You know, as opposed to, no, I only want what's going to quench my thirst. All right? Okay, all right. So you got me there so far? And so the whole great creation is growing. But let's look at, let's look at this because the, the Bible says this. It's, I didn't make that up. The Bible's kind of walking us to and using these men of God to indicate things. And, of course, I'm going to read this out of Amplified, too. We're going to read Romans 8, 19 through 23 out of the classic Amplified version. Romans 8, 19 through 23. You know, these are scriptures we talk about here at the church, but it's always good to kind of set your eyes on them and, and let them take you a little deeper, okay? And we talked about that on Finding Purpose on Sunday, right? I said, look, look, for, for, even the, for even the whole creation, all nature, like my wife was talking about, saved and unsaved, right, waits expectantly and longs earnestly for God's sons to be made known, waits for the revealing, the disclosing of their sonship or their heirship, right? It says, for the creation, nature was subjected to frailty to futility, condemned to frustration, just being born because of what Satan did. 
So, so without us actually making an effort, we're condemned to frustration. That's why it's so easy for us to get frustrated when we're in the flesh, right? It says, not because of some intentional fault on, on its part. So it's not our intentional fault that we're frustrated. It's not our fault, but it is our responsibility. We learn that here at the church, right? Right? So, so uh, not because of some intentional fault on, it, on its part, but by the will of him who has subjected it, yet with the hope, uh, uh, yet with the hope. That nature, creation itself, will be set free from its bondage to decay and corruption and gain an entrance into the glorious freedom of God's children. We know that the whole creation of irrational creatures has been moaning together in the pains of labor until now. This is not only the the creation, but we ourselves too who have and enjoy the, the first fruits of the Holy Spirit, a foretaste of the blissful things to come, grown inwardly as we wait for the redemption of our bodies from sensuality and the grave, which will reveal our adoption, our manifestation as the sons of God. So even us that, that are walking with God, we're only getting a taste all right, we're still groaning for the full manifestation of us in our rightful place. Now, why is this happening? The world is dark without God's will, right? God's will is his kingdom in full operation. So the world is dark without God's will flowing through it. So that's why, uh, as we talked about in uh, Can't Get No Satisfaction, people live thirsty, Right? When we talked about that, right? So the darkness is a result of ignorance facilitated by the absence of light. The darkness is a result of ignorance facilitated by the absence of light. So we, as children of light, must exercise dominion and colonize this world to operate in harmony with God's will, harmonizing with heaven and earth, right? Right? So, so we're children of light. That, that, oh, so let's look here. Um, John 1. Let's go John 1. You know, so, so, you know, how we always talk about, you know, a lot of people want to be behind the scenes, but the Bible says don't hide your light under a bushel. Set it on the hill. Let it shine. Because, again, how are, pe- how are people that are struggling going to see their way out of darkness? They're going to look for some light, right? And hopefully your light is high enough where they can see it but not hidden where they have to struggle to find it, where they're just going to get frustrated and quit, right? Because frustration is a natural part of the natural life, right? Does that make sense? All right, so, so uh, uh, First John, I mean, not First John, John chapter 1, uh, starting with verse 6. It says, uh, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of, look, the light that all men through him might believe. We know that's Christ, right? It says, it says, and he was not that light. John was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. Now look, verse 9. That was the true light, which lighteth, look, every man that cometh into the world. Right? So he lighteth us to be lights, right? Not for us to conform to the darkness right? 
So, so the scripture talks about us being ambassador in bonds or, or Paul talks about he was an ambassador in bonds. I'm bound as an ambassador. You know, why? To minister heaven and earth, you know, to listen to the comforter and to assist other people in walking into the light, you know, like because I'm gathering people for the kingdom. What am I doing? I'm, I'm, I'm helping God colonize this earth realm, right? So, so he says, uh, God says, I make my home, I make my abode in them, right? Basically, I'm colonizing this, 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 this realm by using my body of Christ to make my home. To, but for it to be my home, it has to be set up the way, the way I operate. So we have to have it on earth as it is in heaven, right? That's our job. Right to manifest uh, God's kingdom. So we're we're our job is to colonize, right? God's f- like infusing God's kingdom on this earth realm. So just like the Holy Spirit's an ambassador, we've been deputized as ambassadors, right? And the goal is for us to manifest uh, heaven on earth, to manifest God's will, God's rule, God's reign, God's kingdom in this earth realm. Um, and we call that colonization. So it, it occurs whenever there is a large-scale migration of any one or more group of people to, uh, to an area. The migrants, who can also be called colonizers, uh, keep strong links with their previous country, thus obtain privileges over other people living in the area being colonized. So even though we're, when you come to colonize some place, I'm helping to colonize but I'm so connected to where I came from, I have privileges they don't have because I'm, I'm already harmonized. They're learning to be harmonized. So not, they're not going to get all the benefits until they what? They get in harmony. I'm already in harmony. I'm assisting them to get in harmony so they can get the benefits also. Does that make sense? Right, and so this is our, our duty. But, but for us to operate this way, we're deputized, but we have to yield to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is showing us how to, to make the kingdom a priority and assist other people in making kingdom priority. priority. So we must not grieve the Holy Spirit, but take joy in his leadings, right? Because that's why the scripture says the kingdom of God uh, is, uh, well, let's, let's look here. Uh, let's look here, Romans 14. Romans 14. Again, we've been talking about kingdom priorities, but I wanted to take some time for us to just embrace the realization that we're on assignment. And so if we don't make the kingdom a priority, how do we expect other people to see its value and for it to become a priority for them? Right? We're actually uh, kingdom children almost trying to justify uh, conforming to the world. But why would the world actually embrace the light and actually embrace the kingdom if it's not a priority to us? All right, so Romans fourteen seventeen, It says this. It says, for the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, 
but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. So remember I said we must not grieve the Holy Ghost, but take joy in his leadings. See, it's a joy in, 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 in fellowship with the Holy Ghost, being led by the Holy Ghost, uh, operating in obedience to the Holy Ghost. See, it's righteousness, it's right standing, it's peace, nothing lacking. It's a mind. See, that a nothing, when I'm in peace, when nothing's lacking, I have a mindset that prevails all circumstances. No matter what the circumstances, I'm in peace. No matter what the outcome, I'm in peace. No matter who disagrees with me, I'm in peace. Who doesn't do things the way I need them done, I'm in peace, right? Because I'm rolling with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to tap into some wisdom from there, right? So it's righteousness, right standing. I'm standing, right standing. I'm staying locked in. It's uh, peace, nothing missing, nothing lacking, nothing broken is what peace means. So, so, so there's nothing missing, nothing lacking, nothing broken in his purpose or his plan. In, in, in kingdom priorities, I'm, I'm not off, I'm, I'm, I'm harmonizing with this, right? And then it's joy. See, is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So my joy is in what God is saying because that's what the Holy Spirit is talking about. We just read that. He's, he's not giving his own message. He's saying the things he's getting from the Father. He's getting instructions for how we're supposed to operate and be deployed to to manifest heaven on earth, to manifest his kingdom in his earth realm. See, he's, he's, he's in, infusing his kingdom, his rule and reign in his earth realm through us. But, but the kingdom has to be our priority. And we have to, it's, it's not about what I'm going to wear, how I'm going to look and what I have. It's more about, hey, I'm in right standing with God. I'm fulfilled there. I have peace. I'm right in lockstep with what my purpose and my design is and what I'm supposed to be doing. And I have joy in having these conversations with the Holy Spirit. Like I'm excited about what's the next instruction from here. I'm excited about watching the kingdom flourish and build. Are we in a funk this week or depressed this week because of the kingdom? Are we in a funk this week based on meat, clothes, uh, self-esteem, egos? Are we frustrated because the assignment is being, um, uh, has hurdles? Sometimes we're not even planning off of the assignment because the kingdom is not a priority. It's an afterthought. You see that? Right, let's go to Ephesians 5. Well, well, you can go to Ephesians 5, and I'm going to read again the, the Amplified, Ephesians 5, 1 through 5. Ephesians 5, 1 through 5. Again, we're talking about kingdom priorities, but we've been talking about just what our priorities should be in terms of colonizing this earth realm for it to be on earth as it is in heaven, you know, manifesting the kingdom. You know, that will be done what? Thy kingdom come on earth, what? As it is in heaven, right? Thy kingdom come, right? And, and I used to pray that when I was a little kid, right? It's the biggest intercession, intercession we could have, right? All right, so it says, uh, Ephesians 5, 1 through 5, therefore be, be, therefore be imitators of God, copy him and follow his example. 
as well-beloved children imitate their father and walk in love, esteeming and delighting in one another as Christ loved us and gave himself for us, a slain offering and sacrifice uh, to God for you so that it became a sweet fragrance. But immortality or sexual vice and all impurity of lustful, uh, rich, wasteful living, we just talked about the 14 million, or greediness must not even be named among you. As it is fitting and proper among the saints, God's consecrated people, right? We don't, we're not identified by those things. It says, uh, let there be no filthiness, obscenity, indecency, no nor foolish and sinful, silly and corrupt talk, nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting or becoming, but instead uh, voice your thankfulness to God. For be sure of this, that no person practicing sexual vice or, or impurity in thought or in life, or one who is covetous, who, is, who has lustful desire for the property of others and is greedy for gain, for he, in effect, is an idolater and, and has, uh, well, it says, let that person, don't let that person think he has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Has no inheritance or possession of the kingdom of God. Right, so it's saying if God, if we make the kingdom our priority, these things will fall off of our lives because we understand these things can getting in the way of what's important in the kingdom. So we casually uh, take stands or ask questions playing off of the world as opposed to playing off of the kingdom. You know, so a lot of times, will it be okay for me to do this? Well, why is that a consideration? Because it's a kingdom priority? How come, you rarely hear, how come? That's, that's a Keith Bradley thing. All right, so how come, I'm going to say it again, you rarely hear, like, like, like when I was coming up and I was hanging out, I rarely hear people say, would it be okay if I, if, if I read, read, read some scripture right now? So we, we out drinking. And I, I, I rarely ever heard somebody say, would it be okay if we just, you know. I mean, what's wrong with reading some scripture before we crack open this slits more liquor bowl? Like I rarely heard that. Or at the club, hey, hey. You know, so we, so we would, we dominated the club. So at a certain point in the club, we just walk up, yo, DJ, play this, yo, DJ, play this. So we had them spin this, and then, you know, we go dancing or whatever. But I rarely hear somebody say, hey, uh, um, you know, play that Maverick City or play, you know, something. That don't happen. Or we sitting around, you know, as we celebrate New Year's, and we doing whatever we was doing. But nobody brought up, is it okay to do this kingdom thing? But why, when we come into the kingdom, we're bringing the world? It's just, what's wrong with this? Well, I don't think anything's wrong with that. But are we playing off of what you think or what God has established? And so, so what's so tough about this, uh, because, you know, we, we navigate through different things and we, you know, we try to push people into heaven because uh, they were nice to us. We don't know they could have been mean to everybody else. Uh, or they could have, by the time they got to you, they could have, you know, think they need to do penance. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, they probably ran through everybody else in the family, but, but by the time you was born, there was you the penance, you know. Um, you know, and so, so we've told ourselves, uh, 
why would God not let me in? You know, like, like we're, we're not playing off of what the, how you operate in the kingdom. We're playing off of how we feel. Why? What kind of God wouldn't? See, y'all Christians. No, no. There's a way to operate in the kingdom. Kingdom has priorities like everything else. I guarantee you, you go to somebody worshiping the devil and you start praying in tongues or you start speaking scripture, they're kicking you out of there because they have rules. They're not going, it's okay, fellow. You, you, come on. You share. No, you, you, you see the movie. I know this is a movie. This might not be real life. You know, you, you start, somebody put up a cross. <laughs> you know, with the Dracula movies and stuff like that. Well, well, well that's how folk roll. You start bringing up certain things. Uh, 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 Mrs. Morris' lesson on um, uh, Sunday uh, in the Master Life class, you know, the guy was saying how, he, you know, you was waiting. I'm, I'm, trying, I'm merging. It could have been something else I listened to. It's one of those because that's talking about the kingdom too, right? But a but guy was saying he was waiting for an opportunity to minister to somebody, but they just really wasn't open. You know, like they really wasn't open, but then he, he, he felt, well, you know, maybe they're just not going to receive. But then an the opportunity came up, and he had it. That's it. That is a uh, master light. This week coming up, right? Okay, right. So, so again, it's like the kingdom has rules. Now, I don't understand why, why, why I think Aunt Mary is going. I, I had a conversation with somebody recently. It's like, well, I think the person's in heaven. Well, I know the person's in heaven because me and my wife minister salvation to them. Outside of that, I said, I said, well, the first thing that's they get in heaven because we think they are because we feel they are. No, they actually have to. Except Jesus Christ, their Lord and Savior. The Bible says, if you confess with your mouth, Lord Jesus, believe God raised from the dead, you shall be saved. Didn't say right hand of fellowship. Didn't say because you did a good deed last week. It didn't say that. It, there, there, see, again, there's kingdom ways of doing. And then this just gives a list of all these things you do. You, ain't, you can't possess the kingdom. Because the kingdom is not a priority. You're not operating in kingdom principles. Um, so we think it's about who we like or who we, who's been kind to us, not realizing it's about who's been obedient to him. See, he's establishing his kingdom. Think about this. Why would he clean it up with the blood of his son just to allow corruption back in? Why would he go through the lengths to pay such a price to restore things back to his original design just to allow anybody in that's going to corrupt it. He wouldn't allow his top angel to hang out in heaven because he had a hint of self. I will be like the most high. I, to be honest, they might have just assumed the rest of the sentence. He probably didn't get to finish the sentence. I will... <laughs> he was gone like lightning. So if he was that serious, look, look at, oh, look at Moses. Man, he loved Moses. Moses got in the flesh, but you, are, you, you, listen, you may spend some time with me, but you won't be seeing the promised land like they will. If we was there back in that time, oh, come on, bruh. You ain't going to look out for Mo. 
Man, Mo cool, man. You ain't gonna let Mo in. At all Mo did for you. You gonna play Mo like that? Man, see, God, man, be. You know, that's how we would be. But the thing is, Moses didn't complain. Moses didn't complain because he understood how the kingdom operates. You see what I'm saying? He didn't trip. David didn't trip when he got the consequences. You know why? Because he understood how the kingdom operates. But we'd have been back there, really? This supposed to be your boy? We're going to get all these victories. Now you're going to take them through this. We got, we got almost like, like, like three-week delay because he's going through this stuff, mourning and stuff, man. Come on, God. David's supposed to be. No. God has been consistent throughout the Bible. So much that he held himself accountable for what he established. Because God started something, right? God did it. He created it, started something, established the principle in which the kingdom should operate, even in the earth realm. When it was breached, a price had to be paid. He paid it. He didn't go, well, you know, I'm God, you know. You know, like we do with our kids. No, no, you got to pay. I'm, I'm, I'm dad. I, that doesn't apply to me. No, no, no. Look, look. He's bound by his own word. And you think we get in a pass? I can see God saying, oh, so, so I have to give up my only begotten son. He has to give up his life. Leave deity and power to pay the price. Oh, but y'all going to get a pass. We going to go by the rules, but y'all don't have to. No, no, it doesn't work that way, right? See, we got to understand the culture. Uh, I was talking to a friend of mine, Pastor Wayne, um, Wayne uh, Powell, out in uh, Maryland. This is a couple years ago. But he said something that, that stood out for me. He said, uh, that's why he gave us a new nature, a new spirit, to function in a new culture. That's why we regenerate it, so we can operate in the kingdom life. If he wanted us to be conformed to the world, he would have kept us with the old person. We wouldn't need to be born again. See, a lot of these, you know, if you think about it, why would he focus on anything but the kingdom as a priority? Why would he? Why would he? That's why when he showed up, uh, Mark 1.15, the kingdom of God is here. Luke 10, 19, the kingdom of God is nigh. You know what he was saying? These realities are signals for us to get in line in harmony now. Every time we're hearing about the kingdom, it's, it's, it's just the Holy Spirit showing us things to come. It's for us getting in harmony, getting in harmony, getting in harmony. That's why he gave us a name. That's why he said, hey, spirit is indeed willing. The flesh is weak. Feed the willing, not the weak, right? Walk by faith, not by sight. The scripture even says God is not putting, God says you don't put a new wine in old wineskins. So I'm trying to get you to operate in the kingdom, so I'm giving you a new vessel so you can operate in the kingdom now. That's why he tells us to forget the things that are behind us. What he's saying is enter into my kingdom. The only cost is you. You got to give up you. 
right? Present yourself as a living sacrifice. You got to give up the old life so you can embrace the kingdom life. Let's look here at uh, Matthew 16. Matthew 16. We're going to close out here in a second. If you start to to triangulate all the scriptures, you'll see he's been trying to get something to us and he's given us all the clues the whole time. So Matthew 16, I'm going to read this out of the Amplified. I'm going to read 24 through 26 out of the uh, classic Amplified version. It says, then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to be my disciple, right, let him deny himself. See, you got to give up you. Disregard, lose sight of, and forget himself and his own interests and take up his cross and follow me. Cleave steadfastly to me, conform wholly to my example in living, and if need be, in dying also. It says, for whoever is bent on saving his, look, temporal life, his comfort and security here shall lose it, the eternal life. It says, and whosoever loses his life, his comfort and security here for my sake shall find it life everlasting. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his life, his blessed life in the kingdom of God? Or what would a man give in exchange for his blessed life in the kingdom of God? So we're saying like we're trying to hold on to things that's going to assist us in forfeiting the kingdom, our rule, our inheritance. And, and, and you, know, the, you know, I taught this first, this is the first uh, first funeral I did in New Jersey, I taught on uh, the temporal life, you know, lay hold on eternal life. And I was sharing, you know, you know, basically the oldest person, maybe in the room, even if they was 100, you, you put uh, uh, 100 years on the scale and put eternity on the scale. It doesn't even line up. But we're so busy trying to hold on to the temporary at the expense of the eternal. And, and, and the kingdom is trying to operate in the kingdom of God is showing us how to operate in the eternal life, right? You know, to, to operate in the kingdom is a rule, it's a dominion, it's a territory, a system of operation. It's God's way of doing things, right? So that's why the Bible says don't be conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now start thinking as the kingdom as a priority, right? It says be renewed in the spirit of your mind. We're going we're gonna, to, it's, it's the next teaching coming up either on a Wednesday or a Sunday, uh, renewing the mind. But renewing that default, so where the kingdom priorities is our default. The kingdom is our default, right? That's how we want to operate. So so when we talked about you must be born again, born again, so now you're operating in, in the kingdom. You're submerged in this spiritual incubator under the conditions favorable for development. That's what happens when you're, when you're born, you're in, you're in that womb. The conditions are favorable for your development. That warmth sustains, sustains your life, and that moisture marinates or feeds or allows you to grow. So when you're born again, you're submerged in the spirit, and it's the same thing. Like you're in the conditions favorable for your development. You have that, 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 the warmth of the Holy Spirit. It's helping you sustain your life in the spirit, right? And that anointing, that moisture marinates and feeds and allows us to grow in the spirit, right? 
It's all, it's all about sustaining the life of your spirit, man, by maintaining the environment it's used to, therefore obtaining or taking possession of the kingdom of God on earth. I'm going to repeat that. It's all about sustaining the life of your spirit because now I'm born again, right? It says, by maintaining the environment it's used to, right? And that's the, that's the kingdom side of life. That's the spiritual life. Walking the spirit should not fill the lust of the flesh. Therefore, obtaining or taking possession of the kingdom of God on the earth realm. This is what, what, this is what enables us to live on earth as it is in heaven. Right? And, and, you know, and we may get into it next week, but uh, if we still teaching on this, but Jesus came to make that connection. That's why he gave his life. Right? He says what? I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. No man reconnects to the kingdom of what God has established in his kingdom by coming by me. Right? He also said he was the door. Right? In, the, in John 10, uh, 7 through 10, this is the Amplified version. So Jesus said again, John 10, 7 through 10. Uh, Jesus uh, said again, I assure you most solemnly, I tell you that I myself am the door for the sheep. He says, I tell you that, I'm sorry, I, I myself at the door for the sheep. All others who came, all others who came as such before me are thieves and robbers. But the true sheep did not listen to and obey them. I am the door. Anyone who enters in through me will be saved, will, will be saved or will live. He will come in and he will go out freely. And we'll find pasture. The thief comes only in order to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that you might have, that you may have, and enjoy life and have it in abundance to, to the full till it overflows. And so this born-again life gives us access to keys to operate in the kingdom, right? It gives us the keys to operate in the kingdom. And so... When we're born into this dark world, the adversary tries to keep us dark because when we're in unbelief, we can't see the kingdom. Hebrews 3.19 says, so, so, so we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. And we know uh, 2 Corinthians says he blinds the minds of men through unbelief, right? And so, so the whole thing is, is, is to keep us in this dark place, not believing so we can't embrace all spiritual blessings in heavenly places or 2 Peter 1, 3 says the divine nature, that, that divine nature that, that, that actually thirsts for the kingdom and makes the kingdom as a priority. If we stay blind, we'll talk about the kingdom every once in a while will make honorable mention of it, but will thirst for the world. So that's why we have to be on our, uh, our, our spiritual diet, right? Because it keeps us mindful of the kingdom, thirsting for the things of the kingdom. You know, when we get casual, you know, we get, and, and there's so many subtleties in, in our life that helps us to get, could be jobs, it could be sports, it could be uh, hobbies, could be games. And again, God's giving you richly all things to enjoy, 
but not give you things to distract you from the kingdom. And I always say this, like, you know, a, you know, a parent buys uh, uh, a toy for the child, and the child don't spend no time with the parents. You know, they spend all their time with the toy. Well, they didn't give them the toy, not spend no time with them. <laughs> you know, they gave them the toy for, hey, as a reward, when you have time for recreation, enjoy this. But we live for the kingdom, right? And, and this is the thing. Sometimes we're, we're taking things that we're supposed to temporarily enjoy and we're living for them at the expense of the kingdom as priority. And then, you know, sometimes we'll take on a job and now the job takes priority over the kingdom. There, there, there's uh, somebody was talking recently to their job and they had to leave the job because the, the person was like, well, the job's number one, right? But, but they weren't joking because that, that culture believed that the job was more important than the family, was more important, definitely more important than, like church was like, family probably was before church with the job. <laughs> But it was like, okay, every once in a while, we'll look out for you and let you spend some time with your family. Oh, but don't, don't, even, don't even talk about God or church. That, that, that's not essential. The most important thing here when you come in here, buddy, is this job. And people sign on, why? For their dollar. And a lot of times when they sign on, they ain't in agreement. They just like, like, Sure, you have to go to the interview, pretty much whatever they say, because you need a job, you're like, yeah, sure, sure, sure. And then you're complaining about the very things that you agree with. You need to take yourself back to that interview and realize what they told you from the beginning. Because they told you from the beginning, now you know if you come here, you're like, like, like we, we expect you to, to, to be available 24 hours. That's not even realistic. And then you almost, you sick, and you're still trying to work because you feel like, like you, or you try to fake a, a cough or something, you know, because you feel like you're going to get in trouble, and you have sick time. You know what I'm saying? But you feel like, like and then people talk to you like, they're intimidated, like you, you, they intimidate you. Hey, I was just saying I wasn't feeling good. Well, are you dying? Can you move? They'll say those two things. They, you don't even have to answer. You dying? Can you move? All right, I see in a little bit. And they hang up. Right? <laughs> you, you understand what I'm saying? Like, like, like God's trying to get us. If we want this restoration, we got to harmonize ourselves with the kingdom. And we got to understand that we've been off of our game and our responsibility of, of colonizing earth for it to be like heaven and making the kingdom our priority. So I just wanted to share that, give you some, 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 some insight to research and study on your own um, just so we can, you know, get back to, to flowing like we're supposed to flow. All right, that's all for today. Any thoughts, questions, or insights? Um, care to share what it made you think about? How were you challenged?